Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 343 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, the godfather, Bill Lack. Bill, are we feeling good? How are we right now? I think you should title this the Playoff Eve edition. Oh, hold on. Let me write that one down. <laughs> it is the Playoff Eve. I'm doing my happy dance here. Can you tell? <laughs> I don't want to see that. No, not at all. But I'm not naked like you and Garber were doing doing the podcast back. Was it Chris or was that Jason? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm naked every time. I don't want to see podcast. either one of them naked. So, oh, you know. Gosh. Yeesh. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to start over. This is episode number. No. Um, we're happy for a reason. You know, the last time you were on the podcast, Bill, it was, frankly, let's be honest. I mean, it has been a miserable season for almost the entire season. I mean, it's, this team has been really hard to watch, really until the last 10 weeks to two, 10 days to two weeks. And yep. uh, and now all of a sudden it, it's it's gotten fun and, uh, you know, uh, we like fun. And so I'm, tr- I'm trying to lean into it. I'm trying to just squeeze every drop of enjoyment I can out of this little run because the Reds actually have a chance of making the playoffs, right? A, a real chance. I'm a fun guy when I'm not chasing kids off my lawn. <laughs> or yelling at clouds. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, well, let's let's uh, talk about where we are. Okay, right now, as we record this, and it's an off night for the Reds tonight, unless they schedule a game that I don't know about. The Reds took two of three from Milwaukee. Before that, they took two of three from the Chicago White Sox. One of the, uh, two of three from Milwaukee and could have taken all three. Should, and, and, and maybe should have. Yeah, they gave away one of those games. But the Reds are now 29-28. and 28. It's the first time we have spoken this season where the Reds had a winning record. Only, when's the last time the Reds had a winning record, Bill? Opening night. Opening night. I thought you were going to say 1964 or something. but <laughs> Opening night, they were 1-0, and that was it. So, the Reds are 29-28, and they're right in the mix of uh, the playoffs, playoff race. Right now, the Reds are in, as we stand, as we record this, technically in eighth place, which would put them in the final wild card spot. Um, because some, some teams won, some teams lost. It's just a fluid situation. So many teams are kind of in the mix, you know. The Phillies and Brewers are right on the Reds' uh, tails. The Giants and Marlins barely ahead. Well, the Marlins, I guess, are in second place there in the uh, yeah in the East. So they get one of those. You know, the top two teams in each division are automatic, and there's two wild cards. Right now, the Giants and Reds are in the wild card spots, but that's very, very fluid. As of now, the Reds are good to go. And we always say, get to 500 or better, and you got a pretty good chance. When I was just thinking about this, before the season, I think I predicted 33 or 34 wins, and I think you were like 32 or 33. And if they would sweep the Twins this weekend, you'd be right on the money. They could get there, and, and there was not been a single minute this whole season where I thought that it looked like that was going to happen the way they played. Right? Am I wrong about that? No, you're absolutely right. They, there is no reason that this team has struggled as much as it has this year. And 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 I and you and I have said this probably on here, but I know we've said it when we talked off air. I, neither one of us ever thought that offense would be the, this team's problem. No, no, absolutely not. We we thought the pitching was going to be pretty good, and I think in some ways the pitching's been even better. Than, yes. than we expected, but I just again we, we're we're talking small samples, sixty games, but still, there, I didn't think it was possible for this collection of hitters to struggle this much over that long a period of time. You know, they play one hundred sixty-two games. This team may end up winning ninety-eight games. Yeah, I don't know, but for this sixty games until very recently, 
it's been a struggle. And it's been hard to watch, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And, and you talk about small sample size, and that's true. But you can be just hot on a small sample size as easy as you can be bad. And this team collectively has been bad. I mean, there isn't a guy having a great offensive season on this team. Yeah, yeah. It's like you would all. think there would have been one guy, you <laughs> right. know, that had a breakthrough season, but it sure hasn't looked that way. Well, we may have to, you know, relitigate this in the off season and kind of, kind of circle back around and talk about it. But I don't know. If, I don't know if there is a reason that everybody you know, on Twitter, everybody keeps, you know, yelling at me. Oh, you fire the hitting coach again. Well, you know, I mean, first of all, these are major league hitters. You're not teaching them to hit on the major league level. These are guys that all have a a tracker they've done it before and for all of them to go cold essentially and not quite all of them but just about it's crazy isn't it yeah it really is and, and chris welsh has talked about that that did, you don't really change guys way of doing things at the major league level he's talked about that with pitching coaches now we could argue <laughs> that we got a pitching coach that, that seems to have a dramatic effect on some of these guys uh, <laughs> but, but but maybe that's when you've got the you know, the, the, the pitching coach, you know, maybe there's a whole bunch of guys that are average and there's one or two guys that are really good. And we need to, we need to find the hitting coach to equal our pitching coach. Yeah. Derek Johnson, the uh, pitching coach has been nothing short of just spectacular since he joined the organization. So my question is, do you think Derek uh, Johnson could teach hitters too? I don't know, but we need to find the Derek Johnson equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure Alan Zinter is it. Yeah, uh, I don't He's got he's got a great uh, great head of uh, silver hair though. I saw him take his hat off last night, and it just kind of astounded me. Is just gorgeous silver hair. And you and you know when the Reds, I said I sent you that the uh, text the other day when they lost after they won what six in a row? Did they win five or six in a row? Yeah. And uh, I said, well, your hair is safe. And what did you say? <laughs> I said, well, Mother Nature. I sound like Mother Nature's going to take care of that sooner rather than later anyway. So it's <laughs> it's coming whether I want. And and if you don't know what we're talking about, because I don't know that I've talked about it on the podcast now that I think about it, but on Twitter, I was somebody was talking about the you know, how a couple of years ago, 2010, whenever it was, when Marty Brenneman said, "Oh, if this team wins 10 games, I'll shave my head." And I said, "Well, you know, it seemed pretty safe bet at the time. This was early September." I said, ah, "If the Reds win 10 in a row, I'll shave my head." And they won six in a row there uh, eventually, and looked like they were on a, on a charge and. And then I kept changing and said, well, if they win, you know, if they make it to the World Series, I'll say mad. Or if they win, you know, 10 in a row, including going into the playoffs or whatever, I'll shave my head. And somebody tweeted back at me. He's like, it's starting to sound like you just really want to shave your head. And to which I was like, well, I'm getting close anyway. <laughs> you know, Mother Nature's taking care of that. Would that be a good look for you, you think? I don't think it's going to matter. It's going to be my look <laughs> at some point soon. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm getting a little thin on the top myself. Well, I got two younger brothers that have already had to do that. So it's coming for me. I've, I've held out long enough. So, uh, Fangraphs playoff odds right now, as we said, and this is again, this is uh, Thursday night that we record this. So, uh, presuming if you listen to this before Friday night's game, as many of you will, this will still be updated. The Reds playoff odds right now, odds of making the playoff period, eighty-six percent. Bill Lack. That's a pretty good betting number. Eighty-six percent. I think I read. Did I see it somewhere today that their magic number is three? Three. Yes. And it's hard to calculate magic numbers because there's you know 40 teams. Yeah. In, in the well, race, somebody was saying, I, I think it was Joe Luckup was saying that something about if the Brewers won five all five games against the Cardinals or something, then blah blah blah. And then Dave Lowenthal, who's an old friend of ours from the Reds uh, listserv list, mm-hmm. pointed out that if the Brewers took five in a row from the Cardinals, the Reds had passed the Cardinals. Yeah. The second, so. Yeah, it could happen. Let's, let's just go out to Minnesota and win three. I like it. 
about anything. I like it, although you bring up something that uh, worries me that you mentioned to me. I'll let you say it on text. Uh, what you mentioned on my text, I'll let you say it in a moment. But first of all, I say those playoff odds, they could be even better after today because everybody else is playing except for the Reds and the Phillies. So everybody else Giants, in the, in the, Giants won already, I think, didn't they? Oh, did they? I don't know. Some of us have to work for a living, Bill Lack. Well, you know, I'm an old guy. I re- I'm retired. <laughs> so um, what did you say to me, though, that you were worried about? With his twin oh, series, I said, "Can you?" I said the other day in a text message, I said, "Can you imagine going into Sunday and having to win the last game of the season, and you have to play against Homer? You don't think Homer'd like to knock the Reds out of the playoffs?" Homer Bailey, Giants are down four to three in the top of the eighth to the Rockies. Oh, okay, good. That would be good. That and would the be... Cubs lost seven to nothing today to the Pirates. Always good. Yeah, Homer Bailey's set to go on. Our old friend Homer Bailey. Set the I don't want to see Homer on Sunday in a game have it be important. I really don't. I'd like to see Homer on Sunday, and the Reds have already clinched, and we can just, you know, enjoy beating Homer around. Although I like Homer. I'm a Homer fan, still am. I'm not going to. I got no problem against Homer, but I get to believe that he'd go out there on Sunday like Bauer went out there last night. Yeah, he'll pitch like he did in the 2012 NL, uh, NLDS, one hit us or yeah. something. Yeah. Let's just win the first two and then see what happens. Yeah, you know, if they win the first two, first of all, the Twins are good. That's going to be easier said than done. But they got the best home. They got a really good home record too. They do. But if the Reds can win those first two, guarantee themselves a winning record, they're in awfully good shape. How do we get here, Bill? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, they were just well. They still we were we were saying every time we were lamenting what was going on, we said, well, they still technically have a chance. We're not going to give up completely, but. I don't think anybody. I don't think there's anybody on Earth that felt like they actually were going to get here, but here we are. How, how did it happen? Is it just I, the I, offense? I really, I really don't know because the offense hasn't gotten much better. The pitching's been good. All I think the bullpen has pitched a, a, a better in the last couple of weeks. I think uh, but the, the starters have been locked down. You know, lights out all year. Uh, yeah, the bullpen's I mean, improved, and the offense has gotten gotten. It's gotten better. It's good enough now. I guess. Have you looked at numbers? I haven't looked at any numbers, but it doesn't seem like they've been. But the, the other thing that's happened, at least in the last week, is if they get out in front most of the games, they're they're, they're adding on. And, and they're making the game so they're not real. You know, they haven't been, at least in the Milwaukee series, and I'm thinking in the series before, that they, that they had add-on runs so the game wasn't really in doubt towards the end of the ballgame. Well, some of that comes back to the uh, bullpen that you just said, because the bullpen has been, by and large, very good early in the season. didn't matter if they added on. We wouldn't have noticed because the bullpen would have given up four more runs, and it was over. Yeah. So the, the bullpen, frankly, has been – I mean, you know, Rosella Iglesias has been great. What about Michael Lorenzen starting two games and really just being – as much crap as we gave him early in the year, deservedly, frankly, because he was awful early in the year. Um what a great turnaround for him to where he had pitched. He started two really, uh, you know, important gave, games for the Reds. Yeah, he gave them two really good starts when they needed it. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking back at the games the Reds have won, and the let's see the last the last let's go back. They won by five last night. They won by three on Monday. They won by four on Sunday. They got beat on Saturday. They won by six last Friday. Then they won one to nothing against the Pirates. They won by three. They won by five. They won by two. They won by five. So they they are you know they are and and, and you know and they have scored more runs. They scored ten, uh, and nine, seven, and six six twice in the last ten days. I see. I didn't look it up after you said that. You made me rethink myself. But yeah, I thought the offense is 
you know, it's the offense that we kind of expected in some ways. It's not the best offense in the league, but you don't have to be it with was. this pitching staff. Yeah, what was it? Sunday they scored five runs on one hit in that's, one inning. That's right. Yeah, well, <laughs> 19 walks. You know what? We'll take it. Absolutely. I'll take it any way we can get it, brother. Speaking of walks, can we uh, give a, a shout-out to our guy Joey Votto, who broke the Reds' all-time record for bases on balls. Career record for bases on balls as a Red. Bill Lack, who did Joey Votto pass to go number one on that list? Peter Edward Rose, I would believe. Peter Edward Rose. Uh, Joey had like 8,000 fewer plate appearances. Yep. But uh, congratulations to Joey Votto. We'll talk about Joey Votto. There's a, uh, a viewer mail question to, to get to Joey Votto in, in just one moment. We'll talk about his how he's done here lately. Um, so we're in we're in good shape right now, and the Reds may not make it. They may make it, but we at least have some meaningful baseball in September. And, and you know, I was telling somebody the other day. It was seven years ago this week. I looked it up. I looked the, uh, and I think I tweeted out the video of it. Uh, Shin Su Chu. You remember Shin Su Chu? I loved him. Oh, delightful center fielder. One of my favorite. No, no, he wasn't a delightful center fielder. <laughs> no, no. He was a delightful player who. He was a good guy to have on your ball club. I'd like to have him now. Yeah, he inhabited center field, but what a I love Shin Su Chu. Anyway, 10th inning home run, or not a home run, he hit it off the fence. Drove in Devin Mezzarocco. Reds beat the Mets 3 to 2 in uh, extra innings. Six wins in seven games, and they clinched a spot in the playoffs. Seven years ago this week, that was the last time the Reds played meaningful baseball in September. Now, after that, after, after they clinched that, that, let me just say this. They didn't win another game the rest of the year, but still, it's been seven years. It's, it's crazy we've had to wait this long for games that meant anything in September. We're due. I guess. Are we? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know that we've earned it the way we've played this year, but... Uh, Anyway, seven years though is that? Listen, you've seen some great Reds teams in your time as a fan, and yep. you've seen some bad ones. But should eh, why would we still be following a a team after seven years of them providing us nothing but just awful baseball? I'm a Bengals fan. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't. So, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> yeah, you're you're demonstrating something here about yourself. Bill, I think it's a definition of insanity. Yeah, thing, you know? I think so. So, so seven years, and here we are. Reds have a have, have a really good shot. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened this week in terms of transactions. Okay, just to get through it, uh, Sonny Gray was activated, and the Reds designated uh, Nate Jones for assignment. Now, first of all, Sonny Gray came back and was the old Sonny Gray when he got the pitch again. This week against the uh, against the Brewers, they lost that game. It wasn't his fault. Pitched five great innings, but did it surprise you the Reds designated Nate Jones for for assignment? I mean, Nate Jones was getting like eighth inning, like really valuable innings for much of the year. Reds sent him back the night before he was released. He finished the ball game. So did it surprise you? Oh yeah, oh I was shocked. If they were going to release, I, well, I can't believe there wasn't anybody they could have sent back to to you know the ketchup factory. Uh, you know, rather than losing a guy. and But to be honest, at this point, from here on out, Nate Jones would have probably been on my list of guys I don't want to see the rest of the year, unless it's a blowout, you know, where we're getting blown out. Who is and that? Have, tell me that list. list. Tell me that Tell me that list. Uh, Stevenson. Robert Stevenson. Romano. Sally, Big Sally, Mustang Sally. Miley. Dave Miley is on the Reds? 
<laughs> yeah. What? They brought him back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't want him to pitch either. And Mr. Disclafani, I don't want to see him anymore this yeah, year. Yeah, you're wrong about that one. You know, and, and I understand he's been good for the Reds, but and he, and he threw a good inning out of, in relief the other day. But, yeah. uh, nope, we got we got too many other good arms to, to take a chance on any of those guys. Okay, disagree completely with that. Uh, the rest of your list I'm, I'm okay with, but Disco's been really good for a long time, and I would give who him would, the ball. Who would you pick him in front of if it's in the bullpen right now? T.J. Antone. Would you really? Well, sure. it's right-hander, left-hander, though. Uh, no, they're both right-handers. I thought Antone was a left-hander. No, no. Why am I? Yeah, I would, I would pitch him in front of uh, Antone easy. Um, not that I'm, Antone, sure. I'm not sure I would at this point. Well, I, mean, I love Antone. I'm not, I'm not denigrating him. I just, I'm, I'm a fan of Anthony Scafani, and I think he's proven enough to the, whatever seven innings or whatever he's pitched this year. It's more than that, but, um, but not much more. Yeah, I mean, it's not enough to make me change my mind on who he is as a pitcher. Sort of like I had questions on separate days this week. Uh, somebody said. The Reds have to sit Eugenio Suarez down, don't they? And I'm like, no. I mean, he's 3,300 plate appearances over his career has shown me what Eugenio Suarez is. He's been not great this year. He has come around lately. And then that same day, he hits a first-inning home run. He ends up going 3-4 or, or something and made that guy look silly. And I hated that I kind of called him out on Twitter because people were making fun of him. And I felt bad about that because the guy was well, just – The other question is, if you're going to sit somebody, you have to play somebody else. Well, that – that was what I said to the second one as well. They said, uh, I guess it's Joey Votto, don't we? You know, he hadn't got a hit against the Brewers all year. And I'm like, well, there's, I don't like any of the alternatives better than I like Joey Votto. So no right. is my answer. Yeah. And, of course, Votto hits the first inning home run. And, you know. Um, so or, you, need to, you need to call these guys out more often because they seem to respond to your calling them out. I didn't so call, <laughs> when, they, when they don't hit, we're going to blame you. I didn't call. Well, that's fine. I accept that. I get blamed for everything anyway. But. I uh, I didn't call the second guy out because I felt bad about calling the first guy out when people were kind of going at him, and I felt bad about that because that's not, that's the way Twitter is, and I know that, and yet I still did that setting that guy up, and I felt bad about it because I I want the world to be a better place, not a worse place. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I know Twitter does not help <laughs> that. So anyway, Sonny Gray's back. He did well. Now the other transaction for the week was that uh, Dave Miley was activated. Uh, oh no no no! Wait a minute. Hold on, I'm getting a message from the home office. It was actually Wade Miley. Oh, I'm sorry. Wade Miley. Dave Miley's little brother. Dave Miley's little brother, Wade. Um, and uh, Tyler Stevenson got sent out. Now, let's unpack both of those. First of all, you don't like Wade Miley. You wouldn't let him pitch. No, I would not. And, and I didn't understand when they signed him. I thought they had be- they already had better guys on the ball club. And I've said this all year long. I would have had I would have put these Buffani in front of him. I would have put Miley in front of him. And at this point, I'd put Anton in front of him. I agree with that. But I also understood what the Reds were thinking, two, twofold. Number one, Miley, two years ago when he pitched with Derek Johnson in Milwaukee, was lights out. Number two, you can't have too many starting pitchers, you know, because pitchers get hurt. So I understood it. If he's coming straight out of the bullpen right now, I like him. He's had some success, not this year with the Reds, but, again, it's just a few innings. I don't mind having a, a lefty out there, that I, another, another lefty out there that I can that I can count on. And so I'm okay with Miley getting some. Now, do I want him pitching uh, ninth inning or a tie game in the eighth? Probably not. Especially since it's you know the rule where you got to pitch to three batters. If he's pitching just to left-handed hitters, I'm okay with. It. But I don't mind him. But what do we think you about? Can't, you can't do that. So that that idea is right out the window. Right. Yeah. No loogies anymore. Uh, lefty one-out guy. Uh, but Tyler Stevenson gets uh, gets optioned out, and it didn't surprise me. But uh, and Casali and Barnhart have come around a little recently. Casali, I think since the last time you and I have talked, has has hit quite a bit better. But were you disappointed to see? Tyler Stevenson go out. 
Yeah, it was. Even though, I mean, he looked the last game he started as DH, he did not look good. He he, he looked overmatched and like he didn't have a plan up there. Um, he looked but, like a rookie. Yeah, and, and and as you and I have been saying since the world was young, young players are going to struggle. Uh, but the thing is, I there, I would rather him be, you know, up here than them have Miley on the roster. I think he would be more of a of a of a value to this team moving forward through the through the rest of the season and hopefully into the playoffs. For that matter, I, I, you know, uh, Stevenson is another one that I, you know, you know, his his brother, I, right, uh, is another guy that I I think that the, the uh, that Tyler Stevenson is more valuable to this team right now than Robert Stevenson. Could be. You know, but but again, I, my guess is with some of these guys, they don't want to have the DFAM. And they and they don't have options left. And we know and I know Robert Stevenson doesn't have options left, so Well and then and the, the other part of that is that Tyler Stevenson is still going to be eligible for the playoffs. The Reds this week had to announce their that's the other bit of news I wanted to talk about, their forty man player pool. Yep. from which they're going to draw their 28-man roster for playoffs. And Tyler Stevenson was named to that list. And and if, if you don't name somebody to that 28-man roster for the playoffs, you don't have to option them in the playoffs. So presumably they're going to pick the 28 best players. Uh, all the guys that you think about, the guys that are currently on the team, are on that 28-man roster. So all the usual suspects, um, R.J. Alanese, uh, Justin Miller, who they – you know, just traded for not too long ago for I think international cap space money. Tony Santillan, uh, Francisco Pena, Alex Blandino, Matt Davidson, Travis Jankowski, and Mark Payton. M- Matt Davidson, Travis Jankowski, and Mark Payton, all who have played a good bit for the Reds this year. More than they should have. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, that's your that's your forty man roster. The Reds are going to pick twenty eight from that. So. I, I'm going to predict right now that Tyler Stevenson will be on the 28-man roster for the playoffs because the bullpen, they're not going to carry, you know, 14 pitchers. I wouldn't think. There's no reason to. So, you wouldn't think so. Not with the, you know, they're going to, the, the, the starters are going to go as long as they can go from, from here on out, I would think. We hope. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're pitching well enough to do that, so... But the Reds got to get to the playoffs first, Bill. Let me ask you: We said the playoff odds just a moment ago, eighty-six percent according to Fangraphs. What do you say are the odds that the Reds are going to make the playoffs? I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I do too. I, I, I would, I would, you know, I would bet on them. Uh, I, I, I'll feel a lot better if, if they win Friday night. If they can get that win Friday night. Yep. Yeah, that will. Uh, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be tight on that, in that first game in Minnesota. First time almost any of these guys have played in a game that meant something. Yeah, and they're, and they're taking. You know, Tyler Malley's going out there pitching, and I hope you know he's relaxed and and shows you know how good he can be. Yeah, just be Tyler Malley. That's all we need. Yep, that's all we need. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Trevor Bauer quickly. <laughs> Because, you know, Trevor Bauer, he's leading the, the league in ERA, he's leading the league in strikeouts, um, 1.73 ERA this season, struck out 100 hitters in 73 innings, walked only 17. And he came back and pitched on three days rest in that last game of the Milwaukee series. A yep. game the Reds had to win. I mean, that was a, a must-win game, right? Yep. And he 
well, I mean, he just, I called him a bulldog, you know. I mean, and and even even better, I said he's a bulldog of a certain type that has always seemed to uh, kind of enchant a certain uh, breed of Reds fan. Wanting to come out and pitch on three days rest, you know, just, um, and, you know, pumping his fist and getting excited out there. And this Trevor Bauer we've seen this year has been kind of a revelation, hasn't he? I mean, he was not good last year and he was, you know, who knew what to make of him, but my goodness, what a joy it has been to watch that guy pitch this year, right? Can, can you imagine if the ballpark would have been full last night? Oh my gosh. It, it would have been roaring. I just can't even imagine. I, I went looked at, at, at Bauer's numbers for this year and broke them down per start. And he's averaging 6.6 innings a start. He's averaging giving up 1.55 total runs per start, earned and unearned. He's only averaged giving up four hits per start, a walk and a half, and he struck out nine per start. <laughs> and that game last night was the best big game pitch, best big game pitched by a red since, in my opinion, Jose Rijos in the 1990 World Series. You think so? I think it's the biggest stud pitching performance in a big game since this 90 World Series by Rio. Yes. That's ridiculous, Bill Lack. Can you think of one since then? Yeah. What? Opening day, 2003, Jimmy Haynes. <laughs> you tell me that's not a bigger performance. You know, you you, you honk Jimmy Haynes' horn so long, I think he's your cousin. <laughs> How do you not love Jimmy Haynes? <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, it really—it's uh, a good point about the uh, the ballpark last night because we're all in this zone where you know we've kind of started to accept nobody being at the ballpark. But uh, you know, I was at the ballpark for Clinchmas in 2010 when Jay Bruce hit the home run to clinch the National League Central Division Championship on a team that you know kind of outperformed expectations. David Bell doesn't know what it means to outperform expectations, but uh, I'll explain to him. Back in 2010, the Reds were expected to be good, but not champions of the National League Central. So they hit that home run. It was the, after this long period of just garbage baseball we'd suffered through. You all know the feel, that feeling. And that the stadium was yeah, it's one of the five. It wasn't even full that night, but one of the five loudest experiences I've ever been in in sports. Just people going nuts. And I, I, I really believe that if they – there had been a crowd at the game last night. It would have been just as loud or louder. I mean, it was really just a performance that was designed to get the ballpark going. You know, he had that what they had first and third with uh with no outs uh, um, in the fifth or one out. I think it was one out, and he struck the guy out. No, it was no outs, and he struck the side out. That's what. Yep, you're right. Yep. Yeah, and so can you imagine? That's such a good point. I would have been. I was going nuts in my living room. Um, I heard you scream through text somehow. I, I was I would have been hoarse. <laughs> yeah, so no, that was uh it was amazing. You know, and you're comparing it to games, you know, I was at the, the game six in nineteen ninety of the of the playoffs where when the Reds clinched the, the you know to go to the World Series. Mm -hmm. And that's as loud as I've ever been in a ballpark was that night. And I would think last night would have been louder. If you know, assuming it was a big crowd and you have to believe it would have been a big crowd. Probably, yeah. That was the Glenn Braggs game, right? Wasn't the game with Glenn Braggs? Yeah. Went up over the fence. Big yeah. Glenn. Mm -hmm. if you big, Glenn. big Glenn was a big man. If you follow him on Instagram, he still could play, I believe. Still a big guy. Um, he, looks like he, he looks like he's in shape. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Yep. I'm in shape, too. Round is a shape. Yep. Round is a shape. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so Trevor Bauer, uh, is he going to win the Cy Young? No. No. 
They're gonna... I, he should. I think so. I think they'll find some way to screw him out of it, and I... it'll go to somebody from a big city. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom will get it. And DeGrom's been great. DeGrom's been great. He ain't been as great as Bauer. No, no. Now, there's an argument that Bauer's been pitching against worse teams than the Central Division teams, and that's a legitimate, I guess. But if you're looking at numbers, <laughs> nobody been as good as Trevor Bauer. You can only play. You can only play against the guys that are in front of you. you yeah. Know, it's the same thing you say about college football and everything else, and college basketball and everything else. You know, oh, they only. You know, they're nine and zero, but they haven't played anybody. All right. What's well, everybody on their schedule? That's right. Um, you know, I want to talk about his uh, Bowers' other uh, cohorts there in the uh, in the Reds rotation, but before I do that, uh, our buddy Mo Egger this week had a piece about. Trevor Bauer, and how the Reds 100% have to make every attempt, every serious attempt, to re-sign Trevor Bauer this offseason. Now, Bauer famously has said he's only going to sign one-year deals from this point forward. And so if you take him at his word, he's going to be looking for a one-year deal worth a lot of money. And, and, but I, I read somebody, and I can't even remember now where I read it, but they said he's starting to kind of hedge on that. Oh, really? I hadn't seen anything... That, and I can't remember even now who who's, who wrote the article that I read. It might have been Nightingale, maybe. I, I'm not sure, but I, I I do I did read that somewhere in the last three or four days. Well, either way, I'm just, we'll talk about this plenty during the off season. It's going to be one of the biggest topics of the off season. But mm-hmm. I, I just want to say I, I think uh, and Mo wrote his piece at the Athletic. So if you have the Athletic, go there and, and read that because it's really really well done. And basically, what it, it says is after this year that he's had. If they can, if he can win the first Cy Young ever in Reds history, if the Reds just let him walk without being serious about trying to sign him, it tells you everything you need to know about this ownership group and how serious they are. Uh, now they may make a, a big time offer to him and really try hard to get it, and he just decides he wants to go somewhere else. That the Reds can't control that. But if the Reds are serious about going quote unquote all in, and they haven't gone all in yet, the seventeenth highest payroll in baseball is not going all in. It's good. They've done. It's, it's better. I'm happy. That we're going in that direction, but if you really want to be the best, one of the best teams in baseball, you have to go all in to try to get Trevor Bauer back here. And especially if he wins a Cy Young, you're going to be telling, you're going to be telling the fan base that sorry, we're just we can't afford the best players, and it's going to frustrate me. Now, am I, am Mo, are Mo and I overreacting to that, or do you think there's some merit in that? No, I think there's merit to it. Um, Bob Castellini said he was going to bring a World Championship to Cincinnati. We're tired of waiting. You know when he said that? What year was that that he said that? What was, when did I, go ahead and tell me because I. 2006. So next yeah. year will be 15 years that the Reds have not won a single playoff series. You know, I'll go buy another head of, head of lettuce if it'll get him to, to sign <laughs> out. I'm concerned that they're going to use the uh, the pandemic. And, and I'm, I'm sure they probably have lost money this year where they expected to spend all this money, expected to have attendance to help, you know. Bridge the gap. I'm sure of it, and it may be reasonable for them to say we just don't have the cash. Maybe I don't. I don't buy it, but they may can sell that to the public. But if you don't, if you don't go out to bring Trevor Bauer back, then you can't tell me that you're really serious about putting the best team on the field. I I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, we're, we're, let's let's. I hate agreeing with you. You know that. <laughs> I do know that. We'll stick a pin on that one until the off season. Uh, let's talk about uh, the others in the Reds rotation. Okay. Kind of quietly, Luis Castillo has been great. 
And uh, the point I made the other day, which it just occurred to me, I was driving, I said, you know what? The Reds have their last two opening day starters are Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Both were all-stars in the last all-star game. Both have, you know, have pitched pretty well most of this year. Gray had two bad starts, and Castillo was a little uneven at the beginning, but both both great pitchers. And neither of them really even have an argument to be a starter in game one of the playoffs. That's how good this rotation is. Does it, formula, put it in, in sort of formulating it that way, doesn't that really – it's amazing. These are the Reds we're talking about. They got the pitching. Well, they, they've got a starter on their in their rotation that's got an ERA plus of 128. And he's the fourth best guy in the rotation. <laughs> it's crazy. 28% above league average, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad not putting Tyler Malley in with uh, Castillo, Gray, and Bauer. But he's just not been as good as those guys. But but Malley's been good. This has been a breakout season for a 25-year-old. I'm, I'm thrilled to death with him. Yeah. I... Castillo in September, four starts. He's 4-0. and He has allowed four runs in uh, almost 29 innings. 1.26 ERA. And... Uh, Really set the tone in that Milwaukee series. One run on four hits and six and two thirds uh, in that game that uh, lifted the Reds up to five, above five hundred for the first time. Two point eight six ERA for the season. I mean, Castillo is Castillo. He's he's the Castillo we expected, and uh, he's gotten hot at exactly the right time uh, for a number two or number three starter. Not so bad, right? Yeah, well, you're still talking about Castillo. In September and October, he's he's thrown twenty eight and two thirds innings. He's given up. 16 hits and nine walks. So he's less base runners, less base runners than innings pitch in September and October. That'll get it done. 107 batters and he's allowed 25 to get on. <laughs> that will get it done. And and Sonny Gray, you know, Gray went on the injured list there, missed a little, a little bit of time. And, and the two starts before he went on the injured list, he was bad. He had two really bad starts there. But before that, he was five and two with a 1.94 ERA. And, you know, finished seventh in Cy Young last year. So, great year last year. Um, five and two with a 1.94 year. And then two bad starts that you know, made his number. You can't ignore those games. They happened. But, but you have to believe you have to believe there was something physically there. Yeah. And then he comes back and he pitches really well in his first start off the injury list. So, nothing, yep. no reason but to be optimistic about these three guys. Yep. And, and, and to me, I'll see what you think, but if the Reds can just sneak on into the playoffs – do you think any team is going to be, you know, wanting to play the Reds, knowing they've got to face those three guys? No, they, nobody would want to face that those three guys. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, and the Reds. So the Reds are going to have a chance every night if they can just get there. A point that I heard uh, somebody say, and I started thinking, boy, this is an interesting idea, and I don't know whether I do want this or not. I don't want this. I think I probably don't, but I could be talked into saying that, boy, I'd love to get the Dodgers in the first round because it's two games out of three. And beating the Dodgers twice is a, should, a, you'd think, be a lot easier than beating them four times with the Reds pitching. What do you think about that? Interesting idea. I'd have to think about it. Who do you go with in game two? Uh, Luis Castillo. Do you? Okay. I, th- I think I do, yeah. I, I think you're probably right. I think that's probably what the Reds would do. Uh but I don't think it would be an easy decision. No, if they if they went great, I'm not arguing with it. Yeah, you know, um, I just I, you know, I think it, it, I don't, maybe I don't want the Dodgers. Probably I probably I don't because they're the best team, and 
you know, I want the Reds to try to get, try to get somebody else to knock them off. Yeah, right. Or right. And give the Reds a little chance to at least experience some more time in the playoffs. Maybe at least win a series because, because the Dodgers are good. But I just think, imagine if the Reds, Trevor Bauer comes out in game one and pitches great. And then the Dodgers, in order to remain alive, have to beat both Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Yeah. Or their season's over. I mean, that's a pretty good situation for the Reds. So. Yeah. And, and the, you gotta, you gotta figure the Dodgers would get a little, uh, get a little tight in the collar. Well, because you would think so because they've been so close. Well, and the, and the pressure would all be on the Dodgers. It what? wouldn't be on the Reds. One hundred percent. Yeah. What's the number eight seed we're talking about here? You know, and uh, versus a Dodgers team that's been so close in recent years and hasn't been able to get. It's like those one sixteen matchups in the NCAA. You know. Really, man. Really. What? Is, oh. is there something there? <laughs> Dude, they're they, wah Anyway, I don't really, I don't think I really do want them to play the Dodgers because it, it's, I don't like that idea. But, uh, but that's, I think that's a good encapsulation of why I think the Reds are going to be so. And I'm not, it's not just me saying that. I'm not, it's not a hot take. A lot of people are saying this. Yeah. But that's why the the Reds are going to be a tough out for anyone. And if the offense can just be average, mm-hmm. this team really has a. I hate to say it this way, but because I don't want to get out over my skis too much, but Tim, this team doesn't have a chance to make it to the World Series. I, I think they do. Votto's starting to hit a little better. Moustakas looks like he's getting better at Finally. the plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suarez looks a little better. Uh, is it, you know, even though la- the last few days, Akiyama, but he always looks like he's got a plan up there to me. Don't you love Shogo Akiyama? I really do, and and I, and I I'm really glad that the, is it a, is he on a three year deal? Yeah. I, I think the next two years, he's just going to get better and better. Well, the more he's seen American pitching, and he said this week, he said, you know, the thing that really kind of got me behind was uh, the pitching is really fast here, you know, and it took me a while to adjust. It's a lot faster than I faced in Japan. And uh, and just learning the game. He didn't really have a spring training to learn the game, here, you know, here. Right. And yeah. so he's going to base 355 clip now. I, I, yes, I'm absolutely in love with what Shogo Akiyama brings to this team and really happy he's going to be around. Um you're right about the Suarez. Concern, I'm sorry. The biggest place I have concerns with this team right now is in the center field. And so, yeah, I agree. I agree. Let me let me say one thing though about Suarez. Mm-hmm. Um, his numbers are not great on the year now, but I tell you, man, it seems like he's had three, four times in the last two, three weeks where he's had a big huge hit. hit. Yep, big hits. Yep, he's yep, come. Yep. Yeah, he's come through. I always he, see him. He just doesn't look like the the uh, like the situation is too big for him. No, never. No, you're right. It's probably because that sweet hair uh, he has, but um, my uh, my son, I'll never forget. Every time he comes up to the plate, Suarez, I always call him Swarzy because my son was playing. Uh, you know, he's probably ten years old or whatever, wearing his Suarez shirt, you know, to practice or whatever. And so he's hanging out over there, with, and one of the guys on his team's like, "Who's that? Who's Swarzy?" So that's what we call him in our house now. Do you know Swarzy? That's the, that's the Virginia pronunciation. That's right. <laughs> so you're worried about center field, huh? Well, yeah. I, I mean, Goodwin's been a black hole. Great beard. Um, yeah, needs a trim. <laughs> um, and 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 Senzel doesn't look like he's right to me. Now, I I, I think don't he, know anything but what I'm watching on TV. I mean, I you know defensively he's fine, but at the plate he just looks lost. How's he, get, how's he going to get right if he plays one out of three games? Well, that, you're right. I mean, there, there's something to be said for that. But if you're not if you're not right, then you know. 
But I'm not convinced there are better alternatives. The Reds don't seem to be comfortable with Akiyama in center field. No. Um, even though I don't understand why not, because he's been dazzling in left field. He's been by far their best defensive outfielder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, boy, he's just steady. He just does everything well. He's not necessarily yep. great at anything, but he does everything well. Yep. He doesn't embarrass, he never embarrasses himself out there. Yeah. I, I just think, listen, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Brian Goodwin. Uh, for you know whatever, I'm a fan of the idea of Brian Goodwin. He's got some, he's got some power. He's quick. He's got a great beard. I like having him on the team. Good fourth outfielder. But I just don't know how you're not better. Just putting Senzel out there and giving him a chance. Let him get a few games under his belt. And either he gets hurt again or he uh, is the Senzel that we know he can be. Um, so I, we don't we don't know if he's still recovering. You know, we 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 don't true. know all of the, the the facets of what's going on. There's no question about that. And that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, one last thing before we get to some viewer mail, Bill. What do you think about this guy, Jesse Winker? I'll tell you, are you surprised that he's been their best offensive player this year? Um, I'm surprised that, yes, that he's the, been the best. But I'm not surprised that he's been good. This is what we've been waiting right. for. Right. Exactly right. And And he gets pulled way too often <sighs> for way too many dumb reasons. And it aggravates the doo-doo out of me. He's twenty. You know what I love is he's twenty-six years old. Yeah, and and this year, I mean, if you if you're just going to go off numbers this year, there is no reason in the world to pull him against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I'm not going off just this year, so I I still struggle well, with that I'm not, one. I'm not either, but you're right. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I wouldn't rather have him pitch hitting against left-handed pitching than I would Aquino hitting against left-handed pitching. Mm. I, based on Winker's results this year, I'd have to agree. And Aquino's results this year, I'd have to agree. But I'm still uncomfortable with Winker, Winker against against lefties. Um, yeah, yeah. But now, Winker's been fun and to watch. And when they make the switches in the sixth inning, when you know that they're going to come back around with a right-hander in the ninth, and Winker's going to be in there showering at the time. <sighs> yeah. I mean... It, Anyway. It's frustrating. Yeah, we we said we were going to try to stay away from David Bell tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, we weren't going to go there. Yeah, David Bell's frustrating. All right. Um, can we can we talk a little bit about the bullpen though before we sure I think sure yeah because I think there's a guy in the bullpen that is being vastly underused. Is it Robert Stevenson? No. Dave Miley. Jerry no. Naren. No. Dusty Baker. No, Archie Bradley should be pitching more often than he is. Great beard. Since he came over, six games for seven and two-thirds innings. The fact of the matter is, Archie Bradley needs to be pitching in every single high-leverage situation if if he's got anything left in his arm, if he's not tired. Yep. That guy's good. He should be the number two, the, 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 their number two guy in the bullpen. And, and listen, you got to give the front office credit. For going out and getting that guy at the deadline, absolutely. For basically for nothing. Essentially, you know. Um, I mean, it may turn out to be something, but right now it doesn't look like they gave up a whole lot for him. He um, should be their number two. I I would play. I like him better than Garrett overall. Oh, he's the best reliever in the bullpen. I think. You know uh, what I love about him is yeah, you give give up a bench player or two for him. Basically, is what it comes down to. But um, the Reds have him next year too. Yep. 
and I like that. And he needs to be the – he's the most valuable pitcher in that bullpen. He's the best pitcher in that bullpen, I believe. I would have him pitching every time the game's on the line. And, gl- and, and having him for next year gives them some options for the offseason. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, that's a great piece of business at the trade deadline. Yep. Uh, Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and company. Fantastic. Yep. So Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I'm, I'm glad – I'm an Archie Bradley fan. I'm glad you mentioned that. I am, I am as well. Um, okay, let's answer some viewer mail questions, Bill. Okay. Here on episode number 343. These are questions that are submitted from patreon.com slash redlegradio where you too can support the podcast. Like our newest patron, the newest Ooh. member of the family at patreon.com slash redlegradio, Phil Thompson. Phil Thompson. Second baseman. Second baseman, you think? Yep. Gotta you're, be. You're thinking of Phil Goslin. I'm thinking of Bobby Thompson. Oh, Bobby Thompson. I don't know. I thought, to me, with Phil Thompson, I see a center fielder with, uh, like, really big eyeglasses. Like, oversized eyeglasses for some reason. He, like, couldn't get the right frames or something. Speed? What's he's that? got speed? No, I, it's uh, slightly above average. Not great speed. Okay. But he gets on base. Uh, so he doesn't Billy Hamilton speed, right? He doesn't have super superhuman superhero speed. No, 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 no. He's got, he's got good enough speed, but he gets on base. And he doesn't make hey, mistakes hey, in the outfield. Our guy, our guy Tyler Stevenson, he, he kind of took care of Billy a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? He did, man. What a! And he said that was one of the highlights of his life. <laughs> oh, Billy, rest in peace. Billy, 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 Billy. Billy. Yeah. Um. So, Phil, we're going to say you're a second baseman slash center fielder. So you're kind of a utility guy. I think you're a starter, but you got really big. I don't know why you have really big uh, eyeglasses in my mind. Maybe I can see his baseball card with the big glasses and the and the big high front hat. Oh yeah, yeah, right on top of his head. Oh yeah, it's sitting <laughs> up high. Phil, we love you, man. Thank you so much for uh, for joining the, this crazy aboard. family. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. All right, Phil Thompson. On to viewer mail. As always, these are actual letters from actual viewers. If they weren't, could I do this? First question comes. Chest like Les Nesman when he used to do the, the weather on the. Listen, don't bring up Les Nesman to me because I've not yet won the Buckeye Newshawk Award like he won. You, you came in second twice. I know. I want to win that thing. First question comes from Matt LaCron. Matt asks, What player has outperformed your expectations this season, defensively or offensively? That's the first question. Second one is also, Why does Joseph Daniel Votto continue to defy? Father Time. First question, what players outperformed your expectations this season defensively or offensively? Nobody defensively, right? No, not on this. Well, maybe Akiyama. I don't know if, he, I don't know if he outperformed my expectations, though. I didn't really know. If, I don't know if I had any expectations for him. Think of, when, I, when I read this question, I, I, I just tried to think of what player has outperformed my expectations for this year. And to me, that would be Lucas Sims. Offensively or defensively? Well, I'm assuming he meant offensive, <laughs> defensively, or pitching. I, I'm, I'm using, I'm throwing. Okay, pitch. expand it. That's fine. Yeah, I, I think Sims has been a revelation, and 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 I think if he could get his walks down a little bit, he could be a stud. Oh yeah, I, I'm really, really impressed with Lucas Sims. Well, he's one of these elite spin rate guys, and uh, and the Reds have made the most out of that. And I think he does have a real future ahead of him. I really do. Um, if we're including pitchers, what's that? He's only 26. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Lucas Sims fan. Um, if we're talking just offensively or defensively, the answer is no one. Yep. 
there's not a single player who offensively or defensively has outperformed my expectations. Now, you may want to say Winker, but I can't say that he's outperformed my expectations, maybe against lefties a little bit, but I, I don't know. I, you all have been listening to this podcast for years. You know I have a high opinion, always have, of Jesse Winker. Um, so that's the answer. Now, about Joey Votto. I mean, he's sitting there with a 938 OPS and an OPS plus of 145, and that's nothing to sneeze at. That's good. But, you know, he's only hitting 259, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But he's got 12 home runs, and and he's another one that seems to me like he's hit big home runs. He has. Matter of fact, if it hadn't been for the big three pitchers and Jesse Winker, this season would have already been down the toilet. They kind of held this team together just a little bit when they were really struggling. Yeah, when Winker was really in his hot streak before he got hurt. It's the only thing that kept him afloat offensively. Yep. I agree. And and, and well, not the big the big four really, including Mally. I mean, if it if it weren't for those four those five guys, Jesse Winker, Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Tyler Mally, this season would already be over. We would have packed it in. So the Reds MVP comes from that group. Second question was why does Joseph Daniel Votto continue to defy Father Time? Well, I'm not convinced he is. Me either. I want to be convinced. I, I, I looked up some comparisons at age 35 and 36 with Joey Votto, and Joey's 35 year season, you know, his 35th year of his life. He had an OPS plus of 96. And this year it's 111. And I looked Pete Rose up just to pull him out of it. And Pete Rose, is, when he was 35, he had an OPS plus of 141. And his, when he was 36, he had an OPS plus of 115. And even Tony Perez, when he was uh, 35, he had an OPS plus of 121. And an OPS plus of 120 when he was 36. So... Joey's not, you know, elite anymore, but he's not terrible. Yeah, the last two weeks, uh, he's uh, 255 255 average, 386 on base, but 617 slugging. He's not really been hitting that great, frankly. Everybody is kind of acting like he has been. He hadn't, but he has five home runs in the last two weeks, so that's made his numbers look a little better. Um, And and for the last month, I mean, he's on on base is 379, and his slugging's 586 the last 20 days. So, I mean. You know, you know, and if you want to extrapolate that out and say, well, he'd have hit this way the rest of the year, well, yeah, then he'd have really had a good year. But, you know, you can't do that. You, you only get to play the 60 games, and that's what you're stuck with. Well, and, and it's the same thing I said. I was on with Jason. He was trying to make the case uh, when he was on with me before uh, because, you know, nobody gets, stands behind Jason when it comes to love for Joey Votto. And, but then again, you and I are as big a Joey Votto fan as you're going to find. We're not trying to talk him down here. I'm I, I just no. desperately in love with what Joey Votto was meant to this organization. But, you know, the last two seasons, 2009-2020, you put them together, and it's a 252 batting average, uh, which is not Joey Votto, which that's fine, batting average, whatever. 355 on base, which is, you know, that's good. That's good. Uh, 422 slugging. His OPS plus is an even 100. That's not good. I mean, that's 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 not Joey Votto-ish. No, it's fine, though. Yeah. Yeah. For a 35, 36-year-old guy, my guess is there aren't a whole lot of 35, 36-year-old guys playing league average baseball at that age that's what i'm saying i don't if the question if matt's question is about defined father time is that the fact that he's 36 and going to be 37 and he's still a competent enough major league hitter to justify being in the lineup then yeah that's fantastic i want him to be in the reds lineup i want to be if he can just be an average hitter for the next two three years i think that helps this team i'm okay with that because he gets on base yep. and, and so uh 
So I'm happy. Listen, I, I I hope we can get this Joey Votto. And my, you know, I'm in my the back of my mind. I'm like, well, okay, but maybe maybe he's figured something out, and he would have hit well the rest of the year, and it would end up being a resurgent year. We come into next year thinking he's above average again, and maybe maybe he will be. I hope. I think yep. I think it's a silly bet though to bet on Joey Votto being above average next year. That's my opinion. Uh, the odds would be against you. Yeah, and I, hate, I feel bad saying that. Yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, it, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, at, at age 34, Joey had a 4.0 war year. Rose had a 4.1 at 34. Now, Rose had a crazy year at 35. He had a seven He had a seven war year at, at, at 35. And then at 36, he had a 2.9. Mm-hmm. You know, so... You know, it's, I'm not saying Joey can't. I don't think Joey's ever going to hit a seven again or have a seven season again. But I could see Joey doing another a three year or maybe even a four. Yeah, I, I could absolutely. That would surprise I me. Would be thrilled to death. Would love it. Would love it. Yep. Okay. Next question comes from our friend Joe Farsing at Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio. Joe asks, since you were too busy to answer this question, he sounds a little salty when he writes this. Since you were too busy to answer this question last week, I'll repeat it. If players were actually whatever creature the mascots are, and it wasn't I was too, well, we were a little bit too busy, but it was your second question, Joe, and sometimes we have to limit you. You take advantage of the Patreon privileges. Since you were too busy to answer this question last week, I repeat, if players were actually whatever creature the mascots are, for example, the Reds were anthropomorphic baseballs, the Cards were ugly birds, etc., which team, first of all, ugly birds, the Cardinal is the state uh, bird of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, which is another reason not to move to Virginia. Which team would you put money on? The Giants would be strong, but a huge strike zone might stymie offense. The Tigers, maybe. The Rangers could trot out Chuck Norris, but he is in his 70s. Chuck Norris in his 70s is better than anyone else. So what do you, what do you think? If you if the players were actually the, whatever creature the mascots are. I think my, my favorite team to watch would probably be the Brewers. Yeah. Um, their, their games would be the most fun. Oh, gosh, yeah. What about the... Uh, what about the pirates? Uh, I don't know. Ooh, yeah, they 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 they'd have cutlasses. <laughs> they would. I would say that. Yeah, I like the pir- I like the idea of the pirates. Yeah, they, the only thing is that they, they wouldn't be able to hit very well because they'd all be wearing an eye patch. Oh, good point. They wouldn't be able to see uh, yeah. as well. Depth perception one. would be a problem. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go against the pirates. Um, what they about miss a lot of balls in the outfield because of death perception problem? Yeah, I wouldn't vote for the Metropolitans because uh, you know I. I'm not sure how a city. You know, maybe the Yankees. Get you out know? of here! Get out of here with this Yankee talk. I'm, all, I'm always a fan, a fan of the founding fathers. Oh gosh, the Yankees. Um, but you were a Yankee fan. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. Thank you very much. Well, who, who after the Reds? I thought that you were a Yankee guy after the Reds. There is no after the Reds. It's the Reds and the Reds only. See, you're lying, man. Go Reds. Pinocchio, be careful! You're going to put somebody's eye out. Oh, come on. I'm going to go with the Twins because they're going to have two players at every position. Two players at every position. I like that. Good idea. That's what we're going with. All right. Good question, Joe. Uh, DJ Norman asks, uh, you know, I like uh, like DJ Norman a lot back when he was was working with uh, the Fresh Prince. Or was that Rob Bass? I can't remember. I thought this was Freddie Norman's brother. Oh, see, you got to bring back the Reds baseball for some reason. Why would you want to keep talking about Reds baseball on a Reds podcast? Why would you want to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? 
No, it's the Fresh Prince. DJ Jazzy Jeff and DJ Norman and the Fresh Prince. Oh. His question wasn't is... He on, wasn't he on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? No. No, that was a different guy. No, that was, that, was a, that was a different guy. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know my rap. <laughs> it was the same guy, Bill. How much fun... I, I, I know that's a surprise to our listeners that Bill doesn't know rap. It is a surprise. It's a it's a big <laughs> surprise. Can, can can I get to DJ Norman's question? Yes, please. DJ Norman's question: How much fun have these past couple of weeks been? Uh, uh, lots, lots. And we should do this more often. Yeah, why don't they do this every couple of weeks, DJ? I think the Reds should do this every year. <laughs> yeah, that's the part about it. I've been trying as hard as I can to enjoy this little run here because. It's easy to forget now that it's fun, but this season has been a struggle from yep. the very beginning. So, For so many reasons. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, everything's gone off the rails. Um, Just been awful, so. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of, of when uh, Marty took over, you know, came to the Reds. And he thought they were, you know, all te- you know it was always going to be like that. You know, you were always going to have be in the playoffs in the World Series. You're going to have these phenomenal teams, and and you know, he learned different. Yeah. Well, the flip side is that the way it's been lately, that we always assume it's always going to be bad. So when yeah, and of late that's been true. Yeah. Andrew Scott Wills asks, "Go Reds? Am I right?" Oh, that, yes. there's there has never been a more correct, more correct statement ever on Red Lake Nation Radio, Andrew. Go he Reds. asked the question and he answered it correctly. That's right. He asked his own viewer mail question, and then he answered his own viewer mail question. And you couldn't have answered it any better. He, we, we couldn't do any better than that. No question. Nope. Skyler Webker asks, what does it take for the Reds to re-sign Trevor Bauer? From my math, I was told there would be no math, he says, preempting my dumb Chevy Chase joke. Uh, they would have enough uh, to offer him a $30 million deal next year. Will it take a World Series ring to keep him? Um. I think they can offer more than 30 if they want. I think you're maybe presuming what they might have available given who's going off the books, things like that. Um, my answer with with that is just whatever it takes. And again, it's easy for me to spend somebody else's money. I just I have a real problem with a guy coming in like this when you've told the fans that we're going all out here to try to win, finally. And then next year, you're one, hope, hopefully... Fans are going to be coming back into the ballpark, and you're going to make the case that it's a different Reds than they were the last time you saw us. It's hard to make that hard to make that case, and so my suggestion is sign him to whatever it takes next year, and let him get two World Series rings with the Reds. Any, any, any comment on that, Bill? Well, two things. One is we we have no idea what the free agent market will look like in the off season. And to answer the question, what will it take? Lots. Molto. Yes. Um, and, and the Giants have tied the Rockies, and they're in the bottom of the tent to tie 4-4. Ugh. Yeah. Again, finances may – the free agent market is going to be crazy. Who knows? But I guarantee somebody's going to be willing to offer him big bucks after what he's done this year. So go get him red. Scott, has a second question, and we'll take it quickly here so we move on. Uh, is Tucker Barnhart – Jose Garcia, Aristides Aquino. Are those guys on the opening day roster next year? If not, who are in their spots? Barnhart, yes. Garcia, no. He'll be a triple-A. Aquino, no. 
they'll have he'll have moved on one way or another. Yeah, Aquino, I don't I say no. Barnhart, I say yes. I agree with you on those. I'm gonna say Garcia, yes. Um I think they go out and get a shortstop. I think they're gonna say we had to sign Trevor Bauer, we can't afford to go get a shortstop. There's some discussion on our Red Lake Nation Radio Slack channel. You can join our Slack channel if you join us uh, for as little as two dollars a month at uh, patreon.com slash Red Lake Radio. And there's some discussion about maybe going out and getting Marcus Simeon in the offseason. And if they did that, the Reds would be World Series favorites next year. But that's, uh, uh, you know, that's a tough that's a tough ask. Yeah, I think if they get somebody, no. If they don't get somebody, they're going to do it like they did this year with Freddie Galvis and it's going to fall to Garcia by default. And, and you know, I prefer Garcia over Galvis. So I think only one of those three is guaranteed to be here next year. And I don't, and, and, and I don't think he'll be the starter. And you and I have talked about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but I do think Tucker will be here. All right, Phil Thompson, our new guy. Phil Thompson asks, if you could plug in one player from Red's history to this potential 2020 playoff roster, who would it be? Uh, there's only two answers to this question, I think, but it's a good question, Phil. If you could plug in one player from Red's history to this potential 2020 playoff roster, who would it be? Obviously, the only answer, I think, really, is Luis Quinones. Am I right? Um. Yeah. Where, no. Where's Where's Quinones? Where's Quinones? I thought you were gonna say Chris Sabo. <laughs> Chris Sabo, Spuds McKenzie. No, I, to me, there's only two correct answers. I'll let you give me uh, tell me one, and I'll see if it's one the two that I'm thinking. Well, we just said that the place we we have problems with this team is in center field. <laughs> Eric Davis. Oh, that's not who I was thinking, but I like it. Plug Eric Davis in. Bring it on. To me, I was thinking shortstop or catcher. And so I was going to go Barry Larkin or uh, David Ross, former Reds catcher David Ross. Pat Corrales. Pat Corrales. Alex the other, Trevino. The other now, bench. Frank, Frank Robinson. He could play one. He, he could probably start in one of these corner outfield spots. Yeah, I mean, you're not playing Frank Robinson over Nick Castellanos. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nick Castellanos, but. I'm playing but, Frank but Robinson really over anybody. Eric Davis, Eric Davis in his prime. Yeah, I go, I go Barry Larkin. I just think that just, uh, I think that improves the team more. Than, I don't know. Eric Davis is a good call. Either one. So, um, Phil, I expect you to tell us who you would pick. Chuck, yep. Nich- Chuck Nichols asks, with all this talk about Trevor Bauer being in the race for the Cy Young Award this year, I believe it's the wrong category. If he pitches well in his last start, assuming he pitches again on three days rest on Sunday against the Twins. The league should be looking at his, at him as an MVP candidate. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I said this on Twitter last night. I said, this guy is, you know, I mean, has anybody been more valuable to the Reds? I mean, you made me make the argument he's only pitching one out of every four or five days. But I don't know why he shouldn't be an MVP candidate. He's the MVP of the Reds, right? Yes, he's definitely the MVP of the Reds. Yeah. Um, I... I don't see the MVP of the league coming out of a team that sneaks into the playoffs. Probably not. Whether it should or shouldn't. Whether it should or shouldn't, but, yeah. I, you know. I think Trevor Bauer's been so good, he should win the American League MVP award. That's how he good he's been. Yeah. I think he should win the presidential election in November. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but <laughs> if we can find another candidate here in the late going, I'm willing to sign up. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Hooper Powell, our guy on the ground in Columbus, uh, I think Columbus, Georgia, maybe he's from. Hooper Powell asks, what's more likely, Bauer, Castillo, or Gray getting Cy Young votes, 
or Bill Lack making a TikTok video of himself dancing to the Macarena? What's more likely? Oh, the, the, the Cy Young votes, because I don't even know what TikTok really is. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. You, you know it exists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bill's going to be doing a, uh, a video of him. He's going to put it on a, a, a cam, an old camcorder that you have to hold and put it on your shoulder. We'll do the video of him. One of the big, one of the big ones. Yeah, the right. Old, you know, the ones that look, that, that look like a TV camera now. Yeah, we'll have to use like all kinds of AV cables to hook it up to the VCR, and we'll play the, play the video. Um, okay, Hooper. Always... It would be like John Travolta in, in Saturday Night Fever. Oh, staying alive, baby. The Reds are staying alive, right? Yeah, that, that's our that's our theme for today, staying alive. Should that be the, the title of the podcast? I think that would be a good one. Staying Alive or the Playoff Eve Edition. I don't know. I have to think about that one. Um, I'm just giving you all kinds of stuff tonight. For the first time ever, you've said a couple of things that's that were true. interesting. Yeah. There's no argument there. Timmy Ableness, whose name I mangled last week, <laughs> begins his question. So he told you how to how to pronounce it this week. Well, here's the question. Sorry, I should have given you a fighting chance last time. Uh, he put a G at the end of fighting. I thought it was pronounced fighting. Anyway, only in Virginia. Yeah, only, only here in the mountains. Um, my last name is pronounced Ableness. I hate to even bring this up. Timmy, or you're going to go there, aren't you? But say the Reds don't make the playoffs. They are still playing meaningful games in the final series of the season. Is it a failed season anyway? Or what would be your thoughts? You want to take it or you want me to grab it first? You go first and then... Okay. And you'll tell me where I'm wrong. Um, the fact that the Reds are playing meaningful games this week is a big deal to me. Uh, I, I know the Reds are fighting to stay over 500 and fighting for that last spot in a ridiculous advanced uh, or expanded playoff system. I get all that. But... but we have not had real baseball to watch in seven years. I was in fourth grade the last time the Reds uh, played meaningful baseball in September, which means I think I'm a junior now. But anyway, th that's something. Okay, I don't want to discount the fact that we actually are watching a team that has given us a little something to root for. And that's really all I want out of baseball is for a team to be I just want the Reds to be competitive and so we can have fun with it. Um, but if they don't make the playoffs, yes, it's a failed season. I think there's no other way to look at it because this is a team that came into the season with the expectations of winning the division and really finally putting some of the getting the monkey off their back. And if they can't make an eight-team playoffs, if they can't be one of the top eight teams in the National League, and yeah, 60 games, whatever, I know all that. Yes, it's absolutely 100% a failed season to me. Because, again, they for the second straight season under David Bell, they've underperformed, vastly underperformed expectations. Now, if they sneak on into the playoffs, as I've already said, I think they got a chance of really, it's not a bad team, they got a chance of advancing. But, yeah, I think, uh, I don't want to discount that they're playing games that, that mean something to us, Timmy. But, yeah, to me, it's a failed season, and we'll have lots of discuss in the offseason about it. Bill? I. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I was waiting to see uh, the, the Rockies got the Giants out in the bottom of the 10th. They're top of the 11th. Um, I was waiting to see if you backed up on what you had been saying early in the season, whether if, if that you weren't going to feel bad for the players if, if they didn't get in when there's eight teams going into the playoffs. Um, I, I agree with you 100%. This is just if, if – if, and, and we said we were going to stay positive, and here we are with a negative question. Um 
if, if they don't make the playoffs, it's just another lost season. And maybe it's worse than some, some others because this team had so much talent. And because they went out and really, truly tried to improve the team somewhat in the offseason. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they made strides to improve this team. And, and there's no reason why they played as bad as they did early on other than that they did. Yep. But, but, but as you said, it's just another failed season and a long string of failed seasons if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Let me, let me give. Can we do an addendum to that? If they get knocked out in the first round, does it fail? Probably, yeah, I think so. Because again, you're talking you're talking about a team that what, what have they done? They were allowed into the playoffs only because they was expanded. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to just. I keep saying that because. I want them to make it in. If they, if we only get one series, well, that's one more than we've had. <laughs> let's 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 make, let's change and be positive here. I, I agree. Want to be positive. All right, two more questions, then we'll get out of here. First comes from Rich Thompson. Rich asks, "This podcast has often referred to Prasco Park for the Reds reserves in their minor league camp, tongue in cheek, as the ketchup factory due to its proximity to such a factory in Mason, Ohio." Now, it seems like every time I'm in the grocery store and I roll down the aisle that has ketchup, I'm tempted to pick up a bottle to see where it is manufactured and distributed. Therefore, I have to ask, do you or any of the other viewers, notice how I said viewers, he says, share a similar compulsion now too? Oh, the power of suggestion. So he's trying to get everybody to, to do that when they go to the grocery store. What I do is uh, when I go to the grocery store, I'd look up a bottle of ketchup and it's always it looks like it's always been produced on the cow farm. You know, where you have your cow farmers. Yeah, I get it. Let's go to Risto Neely's question. I, I was going to say that it is the power of suggestion, but we wish it worked on the Reds. Yeah, really. Um, Risto asks, since I have two kings of popular culture this evening, well, not really. You're at zero, but, but I appreciate yeah. that, Risto. Two minus two. Yeah. I'll ask, who was your favorite cartoonist over the decades? If you must, you can include comic book illustrators. His choice is R. Crumb. You have a favorite cartoonist, Bill? Uh, no, I, I have, thought he was going to do was my favorite cartoon character, and that one I could have done, but I, I couldn't tell you who a cartoonist was. I couldn't name a cartoonist. Your favorite cartoon character is Olive Oil, right? No, my favorite cartoon character is Bugs Bunny. Oh, get out of here. Favorite but cartoonist? Also, There's two. I also really like Foghorn Laghorn, too, though. There's two cartoonists. Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes. Who, who drew what? Calvin and Hobbes? Okay, that's, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And Gary Larson. The far side. Yep. The far side's coming back. Did you hear this? No. Gary Larson's bringing it back. I like the guy that did Bloom County too. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but I can't think. I can't think of his name either. It was Jimmy. His name was Jimmy. Jimmy. Dad. I thought you did that. Didn't you do that? It was Jimmy Ableness. Okay. Timmy's brother. You're just making making things up, man. I am. I'm making things up. All right, Bill. Any final thoughts? We've gone long again. Well, we tend to do that. Occasionally. All right. This is Red Leg Nation Radio episode let's, number. Let's get the first one tomorrow night because they say you should never think about the second one until you get the first one. So let's get the first one Friday night. Get the first one and then the Reds will what? Sneak on in, baby. Sneak on in, baby. Sneak on in. All right. This is Red Leg Nation Radio episode number 343. He's Bill. I'm Chad. Um, we've gone long, so we're just going to end it here for Bill Lack and Shinsu Chu. This is Chad Dotson saying... So long, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.